Welcome to Fearless Mom. Today, we are starting our series on the parenting posture. We're gonna talk about the posture and perspective that is gonna do the best thing for us, that is gonna put us in the position to parent most effectively. I actually love this series, and the reason I'm doing it is because we've been doing Fearless Mom now for five years, and I realize that I have made a lot of assumptions about the posture of parenting. And so today we're gonna break it down and look at the posture that suits our kids the best, that sets them up for the best life possible. But before we do that, we wanna welcome in our online moms. So online moms, we're so glad you're here with us today. Actually, we are grateful that some smart people invented technology and that we can connect with you. And you may be watching with a group in a church or in a home, whether you're watching or listening with a group or you're by yourself, we wanna remind you that you are not alone. There's a group of moms in Austin cheering you on. We believe in you, you can do this. Today is a new day. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this day. I thank you for the gift of technology. I thank you for the gift of air conditioning in Austin. I thank you for um, this church. I thank you for all the moms in this place and the moms listening. God, we ask right now that you settle our hearts and minds and that you open our eyes and ears to see and hear what you want us to learn today so that we can be the parents we were created to be. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Now, I told you I was going to talk about parenting posture, and this is a great message um, if your husband is game to watch together or to listen to together, because we're going to talk a lot about um, uh, the attitude we should have and the stance we should take during parenting. Now, uh, again, we say this all the time. This is not about nagging your husband, because even if he doesn't watch or listen with you, then um, you still have the responsibility to be the mom that you were created to be. I've also mentioned um, before that my daughter Emily had an incredible imagination as a child. Um, I remember going to this toy fair, and they were this one lady was selling all these things that was supposed to help with creativity. And I said, "Oh, we've got that one down. I would like something that helps us with reality." Um, because Emily had an imaginary husband um, when she was three, named Michael, and they had three children: Casey, David, and Kevin. And um, yeah, quite the tumultuous relationship she and Michael had. Um, But even before that, Emily was playing pretend and she would wake up with a plot in her mind. And Emily, you know, for her, life was a stage and she was the writer, the director, and most often the main character. But Mac and I, on occasion, got to play supporting roles. So she was two years old. I remember this vividly. I can see her in my mind. She woke up, she came in, first thing, I was having my coffee, and she said, Mommy, today I am the mommy and you are the little girl. I said, okay, okay, and I'm thinking, all right, 
is she going to clean? This is amazing. I love this. Maybe she'll cook dinner. And so I said, Let's, that, that's a great thing to do. So I, I would call her mommy. We were playing. And then I noticed a few minutes later that Emily had disappeared from the room. And you who have toddlers know that when things are silent, um, it's time to get nervous. And so I, I looked around and I found her in my bathroom holding a bottle of fingernail polish. Mm -hmm. So I walked in. I said, Emily, hand that to mommy right now. She said, this is not for children. <laughs> this is for grown-ups. And remember, I'm the grown-up and you're the little girl. I thought, that kid, man, she woke up and laid in that bed thinking, how am I going to get that fingernail polish today? <clears throat> I mean, what a plan. I said, Emily, no, put it in mommy's hand. Um, yes, that is pretend. Well played. <laughs> but give mom the fingernail polish now. <clears throat> Excuse me. I got the fingernail polish. We went on with our day, and she remained um, the mommy for the rest of the day. But do you see, even at age two, Emily knew <clears throat> there's a difference between parent and child. There are certain roles that they play. There's a difference between mother and daughter. And she knew that it was the mom who made the rules and the child who obeyed the rules. It was the parent who made and the daughter who obeyed. And I think understanding that difference is critical if we're going to parent effectively. We have to step into that role as parent. We have to embrace that role as mom. As a matter of fact, I like to say to Emily, I would say, Emily, actually, I am the boss of you. I am the boss. And that's okay because I'm the parent. I embrace that role. As a matter of fact, for the rest of today, I'm going to refer to us moms as boss babes. Okay, so turn to your neighbor and say, <clears throat> you, my friend, are a boss babe. You are a boss babe because that's the role we're supposed to play. We have to embrace that role of authority and that's what we're gonna talk about today is embracing the role of authority. So I hope you have your notes out because I think it's important as we do this, as we embrace that role as mom, as we embrace our responsibility as parent, that we understand exactly what that means. As we were talking about, as I was preparing to talk about parenting today, I was looking up, what does it mean to parent? What is the definition of parent, the verb, what we do? And so I looked it up and it said literally in the dictionary that parent comes from the Latin word to bring forth. And I thought, well, I did bring forth my children. And I will be honest, bringing forth my children was probably the easiest part of parenting. And so if you think about it, that bringing forth, and as a matter of fact, I was thinking that, yes, I did bring forth my two children, Emily and Joe, but I have two bonus daughters that technically I did not bring forth, but I do parent. So even though parent comes from the word meaning bringing forth, it's actually so much more than just bringing forth because you know if you're a foster parent, a step parent, an adoptive parent, perhaps you didn't bring forth those children, but you certainly are parenting them. And so even I know some parents who did bring forth their children, but they're not really 
parenting their children. And so before we even dig into fearless mom and how to discipline, let's get on the same page with what it means. If I embrace the role of mom, if I embrace the responsibility of parenting my children, let's get on the same page as what that means. Our definition moving forward, to parent, to parent means to do your best to set your child up for his or her best. To do your best to set your child up for his or her best. To do, that means it is work. Parenting is hard work. It is worth it, but it is work. And we embrace the responsibility, the title of mom, of parent, and we're gonna do the work. Our theme verse from Galatians 6, 4 and 5. I want you to read the highlighted words with me. Pay careful attention. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible. We're going to read that again. For, 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 I am from the South, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Pay careful attention to your work. What is our work as moms? Our work is to parent. It is work. I will do my best to raise my children up to live their best lives. And so I can't anticipate everything, but I can do my best to set my kid up for his best. I embrace that role. I've been given that title of mom, but I have to choose to carry the title. I've been given that hat to wear, but I have to choose to wear that hat. You've been given the responsibility, but you must choose to take responsibility. And so that's what we are in agreement with as we move forward today. I step into that role. I wear that hat. I carry that title. I am mom. I am a boss babe. And I will embrace that responsibility. Because what is a parent? A parent has to step into that just like Emily had to understand. I am the authority. I am the authority. So if I am parent, I am an authority. A lot of people have trouble with that word authority because it means something different to everyone. Based on your experience in your life, stepping into that authority, equating parenting with authority may be difficult for you. And that's okay. That's okay. What I want us to do today is to look at what does that mean biblically? What does that mean practically? What do sociological and psychological studies show what is the healthiest authority that we can be? What is the best for my children? Because remember, the definition of to parent doesn't mean I will do what is my natural tendency or I will do what I like to do or I will do what comes naturally to me. No, it says I will do my best to set my child up for his best. So I'm going to look at what that healthy authority means. Now, a lot of people, if you grew up in a home and you're like, oh, I did not ever see healthy authority. Not in my home, not in my school, whatever it was. Here's the deal. We say all the time, and fearless mom, I embrace my responsibility for what I can do today and tomorrow. And, but I do believe there's value in considering how you grew up. And in looking at it, acknowledging it, and saying, does that affect what I do today? Because the truth is, it probably does affect how you see authority, but it does not have to direct you. 
It can affect you without directing you. And so how I was parented does not determine how I parent now. It may have affected me, but it does not have to direct me. Um, so we're gonna look at psychology and different styles of authority. Actually, Diana Baumrein was a psychologist from the 60s, and she is credited with categorizing three types of parental authority. She broke it down into three different types, three different categories. So we're gonna look at all three, and then we're gonna look at what the research says about the best thing for our children. So the first one that she identified was authoritarian. Authoritarian parenting. And those were high demands and low response. The parents were all about watching that behavior, my way or the highway, but feelings and thoughts were irrelevant to them. And so that is authoritarian parenting. At the other end of the spectrum, we have permissive parenting. Permissive parenting. And that is low demands, high response. Low demands means I don't want you to be unhappy. I just want you to do what you wanna do. I'm gonna allow you to live life as you see fit. Low demands, high response. I care about your feelings. I care about how you um, feel about everything. And so authoritarian, high demands, low response. Permissive, low demands, high response. Then somewhere in the middle, authoritative. Listen carefully. It's very different. Authoritarian is different from authoritative. Authoritative is high demands, high response. Authoritative embraces that role and says, I'm in charge here. I'm the boss, babe. I want you to obey me. This is what I expect. But also embraces the feelings and how the child responds and so considers every situation. Does that make sense? So you've got authoritarian over here, um, high demands, low response. You've got permissive over here, high response, low demand. And then here we are, Goldilocks. Here we are, not too hard, not too soft. All right, can you see what the study is going to show? Are you anticipating? What have the best outcomes? Authoritarian, you have kids who are stressed and you have kids who are um, not equipped to identify, process, express, and overcome their emotions. And then on permissive over here, you have kids who are high anxiety because they don't know what their boundaries are. And um, actually, this is an interesting finding too. Those kids who fight for control, raise your hand, strong-willed blessing. You have a strong-willed blessing? They're fighting for control. They need you to be the authority. The kids who fight for control, when given control, actually feel out of control. I'm gonna say that again. The kids who fight for control, when given control, actually feel out of control. So authoritarian, too hard, permissive, too soft. What is Goldilocks? Authoritative. Here we are. We, we enforce the demands. We say, yes, there are boundaries in our home. Yes, there are rules that make your life best. And I will explain them to you and talk about it with you. And you will understand why I have those demands. So authoritarian, permissive, and authoritative. Let me tell you what, actually, 
there was a fourth one that came up. We're not even gonna put it on the screen or anything. The researchers later expanded it to include a fourth style. This is relevant because perhaps you grew up in a home like this. A fourth style was neglectful or uninvolved parenting. And if you're in Fearless Mom or you're listening and watching, we can take that off the table because you're already saying, I wanna get better and stronger. But we do acknowledge that there are homes that don't fit in any of those, but it is the neglectful and the uninvolved. And obviously those kids, um, studies show how critical that attachment is early and these kids are without that later. And so, um, and again, we're not even gonna list that one. Today we're gonna focus on these three, and we're gonna give them some names. So authoritarian over here, Sergeant Sally, okay? Sergeant Sally is my way or the highway. I make the rules, get in place, okay? And then permissive over here, pushover Paula. Bless her. I mean, she loves her children. She counts to three half her day, you know? <laughs> oh, I didn't want you to do that. Oh, please don't. Oh, oh, well, okay. Well, yeah, uh-huh, you're laughing. Look, I have been pushover Paula. Actually, I've been Sergeant Sally. But who are we going for? Coach Kelly, right here. <laughs> Coach Kelly, man, she understands her responsibility. Coach Kelly is a boss, babe. She embraces authority. She understands that it is her responsibility to be the authority, but she's going to do her best to set her kids up for their best by looking at what healthy authority looks like. What does that feel like? Um, how do her kids respond to it? I'm going to tell you, though, if you are, you go, oh, I'm totally, or this is what I get more than anything. I grew up with authoritarian. I don't want that. I don't, okay, don't tell me what you don't want. Tell me what you do want. That is interesting. That can affect you, but it doesn't have to direct you. Or you grew up with permissive. And now most moms, especially if you have littles, it is so hard for us to get our minds around the fact that, brace yourself, our children make mistakes. And sometimes, guys, our kids do bad things on purpose. That is so hard for us to imagine. That is hard. Well, he didn't mean it. You know what? Actually, it's my fault. He hadn't had a nap. That's on me. That's on me. So what am I doing? I'm making excuses for his behavior, and I'm not teaching him cause and effect, which will lead to a lack of self-efficacy, and it will affect him down the road. And so I know that I can sometimes be Sergeant Sally, sometimes be pushover Paula, but to set my kid up for his best, I gotta embrace my inner boss babe and I have to be Coach Kelly. So let me tell you what psychologists all agree, that the authoritative parenting is the most effective. Here's what the results show. Better emotional health, social skills, more resilient, more secure attachments with their parents which totally makes sense because they're getting the nurturing and the direction and the boundaries. It's logical, it's just when we articulate it, I think it makes, it forces us to say, am I doing that? Um, and then respect for adults, not just adults, other people, understanding my actions affect those around me. Respect for adults, for other people, and for rules. Understanding I need to obey this rule even if I don't know why it's there. 
It's a respect for the rules. Um, they are more responsible and more able to regulate themselves. We're gonna talk so much more about this next week, but the goal is that discipline becomes self-discipline. My control of my home becomes self-control. It is preparing them. Um, they are also more empathetic kind and warm. They are less anxious or worried about who's in charge. They actually find great comfort in knowing their parents are in charge. They have fewer social problems and they are more resistant to peer pressure. A boss babe, a mom who wears the hat and carries the title and embraces the responsibility says, as a parent, I will be the authority in my home. Even if it doesn't come naturally to me, I will do my best to set my kid up for his best and I will do the work. I will understand healthy authority and I will implement healthy discipline. So authority is a word that's often misunderstood and so is discipline. Discipline is often associated with just punishment. And we think, discipline, what are the negative consequences I'm gonna get? Now, next week is almost all about discipline and how to implement it and how to be that authoritative parent. But before we go one step further, I wanna remind you that discipline is so much more. So let's look at our working definition for discipline. Our definition for discipline, teaching and training, directing and correcting to prepare for, what's that last word? Uh-oh, we're gonna do it again. Teaching and training, directing and correcting to prepare for what? Life. To prepare for life. I wanna tell you an interesting finding that I've done, found in my research. Most parents will agree. My job is to teach and train, direct and correct to prepare my child for college. Almost all parents will go, I only have them for 18 years. I only have her for 18 years. Uh, we're gonna do these, um, uh, these activities. We're gonna have this schedule. We're gonna take these classes because my responsibility is to teach, train, direct, and correct to prepare for college. Guys, that's so short-sighted. That is so short-sighted. I have to retrain my brain and go, my job is to step into the role of boss babe and to embrace my authority and say, my job is to teach, train, direct, and correct to prepare my child for life. For life. That's what this is about. And research shows that being that authoritative parent prepares my child for life. Research shows that actually, and this is a, the longest running longitudinal study was Harvard's grant study. And they followed kids all the way through. They have 724 kids that they followed who are now adults. I believe it started, I wanna say in 1938. That's how long they've been following them. And you know the two things that predicted future success and fulfillment, it was love in the home and chores. It was chores, it wasn't how many activities or how many sports they played or even what college they went to or even what classes they took. It was, hey, I'm in this family, so I'm part of the family and this family needs me and this family loves me. You know what we've done? We have taken our homes and it was such a gradual process. We've taken our homes, and it's secondary. The home is secondary. We've now said, okay, um, we wanna prepare our kids for school. How do we prepare them? We get them tutors. We get them into extracurriculars. We begin, you know, if she doesn't start cheer at age two, I mean, she'll never make varsity. 
And you know what? If she doesn't make varsity, she will be miserable. And she will never get into a sorority. And she will never get into the... We, my job is to prepare my child for life, not to prepare my child for college admission. We have to retrain our brain. We have to reshape our thinking. Because guess what? All studies show the most important factor was how this kid plugged in and felt at where? At home. And guess what? This is good news because there are choices we can make and actions we can take to create a culture and, and to work on our environment where our kids feel loved, our kids feel needed, our kids feel secure because of the boundaries. This is good news. This is great news. But moms, as boss babe, it's up to you. You set that pace. You set that calendar. I love what um, the Bible says about discipline because particularly if you have an aversion to authority or an aversion to discipline. If that is something that you've said, I just want my child to feel loved. And I, I think we gotta retrain our brain. Discipline says I love you. And it, the clear boundaries communicate I'm safe here. Let's look at what the Bible says. Proverbs 22.6. Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Say go. Remember, we're preparing for life when they go. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should The Bible reiterates that our job, our responsibility, our role is to prepare our children for life. Proverbs 29, 17. Discipline your children and they will give you peace of mind and will make your heart glad. Now, what this doesn't say is discipline your children and they will always obey and you will always be happy and so will they. It says, in the long run, guys, discipline will make your heart glad and will set your kid up for his best. Discipline, remember, is not just punishment. It is equipping, it is teaching, training, directing, and correcting to prepare my child for life. We have to understand, again, next week we're gonna dive into this more. And then Proverbs 13, 24, this is from the message but I love how the Bible says it. I love the message version. A refusal to correct is a refusal to love. Love your children by disciplining them. A refusal to correct is a refusal to love. Wow, that one, when I saw it, I was like, that, it doesn't get any clearer to me. Love your children by disciplining them. This is what scripture says. This is what science says. This is what the psychological and the sociological research says. If you wanna set your child up for his or her best, embrace your role as authority, step into that role of boss babe and understand what discipline really means. Discipline is setting clear boundaries. We talk all the time about creating a culture in your home and as moms, we are the calendar keeper and the culture creator and we want a home where our kids walk in. Everybody take a deep breath, one, two, three. I'm home. I'm safe and I like it here. That's what boundaries communicate. I'm home, I'm safe, and I like it here. The parenting pendulum that we're talking about today is balancing and it's really finding the 
season and the situation. It requires wisdom, discernment, and common sense. I wanna be Coach Kelly. I know that authoritative is the healthiest. There are times when my pendulum swings and I'm going to step into, dig deep and find my Sergeant Sally and say, I said, get in the car now. Without explanation, without a smile and a hug, I'm just gonna say, get in the car now. Maybe it's for safety, whatever. What I'm saying is, I am stepping into that authoritative, but there will be moments when I have to be Sergeant Sally. There will be moments when I say, get over here now. Maybe it's safety. Maybe it's urgency. Maybe it's because you hadn't had your second cup of coffee. Whatever it is, there will be times when my pendulum swings here. There will be times when my pendulum swings here. There are definitely times if you have older kids where you hear them arguing. And that's not pushover, Paula. That's, hmm, I'm going to let them figure it out right now. I'm going to stay here. I sometimes swing here, some, but I know my healthiest, calmest is right here. And that's what I'm going for. And yes, there were times, guys, confession, where I was permissive, Paula, because I didn't feel like getting up, you know, or I just couldn't do it today. I just, yes, yes, another 30 minutes on the, you know, screen. Yet whatever it is, here is what I have to acknowledge, though, that healthy is here. And so, are you here? Are you here sometimes? Sure, but healthy is here. And if you imagine a grandfather clock, it makes sense. Isn't that peaceful? That's what we're going for. We're going for, it's not about balance as much as it is managing the tension because the tension is always there. And when we talk about parenting tensions, I think we have to acknowledge one of the trends that we see today is helicopter parenting. Helicopter parenting, or I've also heard lawnmower parenting. They're all snowplow parenting, whatever it is. It's, okay, I'm embracing my role to prepare my child, so I'm going to put bubble wrap around her. And I'm going to, I'm going to prepare her for life by protecting her. My reflex, because I'm a mom, and I'm connected to my children and I love them, my reflex will always be to protect. Always. That will always be my reflex. But remember what our verse said? It's not about doing what comes naturally to me. It's about doing my job and understanding my responsibility. So when your reflex is to protect, remember your responsibility is to prepare. My reflex is to protect, my responsibility is to prepare. Also, I notice that there's helicopter parenting and intervening and protecting, but I've also seen moms who are afraid to do anything wrong, so they don't do anything at all. They'll, you know, you'll ask them, like, does your child have Instagram? I don't know about that, I don't know. She's on it, but I don't wanna know about it because I don't understand it. And so they, they do that. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. What about your child's classes? I have no idea. I don't even know the name of the school. I don't want to know anything. <laughs> don't, don't tell me anything. Don't tell. I'm afraid to do something wrong. See what it? I'm afraid of my child to get hurt. I'm afraid to do something wrong. Both motivated by fear. In both situations, that overparenting and that underparenting, it's all out of fear. Instead of saying, okay. 
I, I know what I don't want, but I need to consider what I do want. I need to step into my role as boss, babe. I need to step into my authority. I need to discipline with healthy, and with healthy authority, healthy discipline. And I'm going to parent toward something instead of away from something. It's mission critical to recognize if you are parenting towards something instead of away from something or away from something instead of towards something. And we've said self-awareness is critical for self-improvement. And to be self-aware, three things are required. Humility, honesty, and community. You need somebody in your life who says, hey, you are, I, I feel like you're parenting out of fear. I feel like that assessment of the situation was completely irrational and illogical. And you need that humility, honesty, and community. All of them are required for healthy parenting. And it's not authoritarian, it's not permissive, it's authoritative, Goldilocks. Not too hard, not too soft, just right. Feels like you wanna take a nap about now, doesn't it? Just right. Train up a child in the way he should. It's so important that we understand that responsibility, that we understand that our job is to prepare for life. I can't say enough about parenting toward the wrong goal. Our daughter, Emily, um, played basketball until she was like, I don't know, a sophomore in high school. And um, it, it was super fun when Matt coached them when they were young. This was, you know, his coaching strategy. Okay, girls, no more hugging after every goal. Uh, that, that, that was, you know, they played in a, in a um, league where it was all their friends and, and then they got a little older and he had fun like, you know, okay, girls, you're winning. Now's the time to step on their throats, you know, and they were, oh, he, he, he. And then he would say, and remember, no hugging after every basket. And so it was a super fun time in our lives. But there was this time when Emily, who, she loved it. She was super competitive and um, very intense. And instead of trying to teach her to play with aggression, we were trying to teach her not to foul out before halftime. And so, but she was so fun to watch because that intensity just went all out on the court and it was amazing. And so, but one time we could tell what was happening as soon as we saw it. Emily got that ball and she was so intense and it was right after halftime. And so she is dribbling, dribbling, and she is driving, and nobody's stopping her. The reason nobody was stopping her is because she was headed toward, yeah, you know, the wrong goal. She was just as intense, she was just as driven, but she was headed toward the wrong goal. In parenting, you can be so intense and you can be so intentional and you can embrace your responsibility and you can wear the title and you can do all that and you may be driving toward the wrong goal. And yes, the other team did get points for that. But the good news is our family, we never make fun of you. <laughs> Just kidding, we do mention it on a regular basis. But, but we can so understand that how I can put so much time and energy parenting toward the wrong goal. So we're gonna end today. When we get overwhelmed with, gosh, this sounds so much, my baby's only seven weeks old, you know, or um, it's, it's too late, man, my kid's 23. Never too early, never too late to take a step back and say, what's my job here? What's my responsibility? 
And so my responsibility is to do my best to set my kid up for his best. And whether your child is in your home by birth, by marriage, by court decree, by you know, adoption, whatever it is, you have the responsibility to say, what's my goal here? Let me take a step back and say, all right, I wanna make sure I'm doing all this work toward the right goal. And what is our goal? It's to prepare my child for life. Am I doing my best to set my kid up for his best, to prepare him or her for life? And so I think often we're going to move into a a time of reflection now. We're going to go straight into it. I think so many times we parent out of response to the way we were parented instead of responsibility. And so I want you to take a minute. Consider how you were parented and then go, that affects me, but it doesn't direct me. And so I can look at that. I can evaluate. And then another thing I think so often, actually, the number of conversations I've had with moms like this, I can't even count. I don't want to have the same relationship with my child that I had with my mom. Or I don't want my child to only remember me yelling. I don't want my home to be a miserable place. I don't want, I don't want. And I always say, stop. And I can see it. These moms are hurting. And they are desperate to say, I'm I'm so afraid that I'm doing it wrong. And I can see it in their face. And I can see it in their posture. And then I'll say, I hear you. Now, I want you to tell me what you do want. I'm telling y'all, Every single mom, her face changes, she sits or stands different, her posture literally changes when she switches from this is what I don't want to this is what I do want. So we're going to take a minute and I'm going to ask you to articulate. Actually, I'm going to encourage you to write it down. Remember, studies show that if you write a goal down, you're 42% more likely to do it. So we're going to take the next couple of minutes. And I want you to describe the home you do want. Describe the young adult that you do want your child to be. Describe the relationship that you want to have. Describe what authoritative looks to you. You know that's what studies show is the best. Now describe what you do want to do. And consider what's something I can do this week to take me one step closer to that goal. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for your word, for your direction, for your encouragement. I thank you that you actually do map out discipline and authority for us to follow. God, we we thank you for this calling. We thank you for this responsibility. And we lean in because we know we need your help, your wisdom, your discernment, and an extra measure of common sense. Guide us, direct us, show us what we can do to make our homes better and stronger. In Jesus' name, amen.